We're going to welcome Joel Pizzini to the show. Um, welcome to you, Joel. G'day. How are you going this morning? Going well, given we love you guys uh, and love Pizzini, and we thought we'd who better to, to round out the show for um, for this um, you know twenty twenty three year and. Um, just want to hear you know a few things that you've that would be your takeouts from the year, but also some what exciting things you got um, coming up um, for twenty twenty four. Because I understand there's an, some new plantings and things. Yeah, look, we've actually been pretty busy these last few years. We've uh, bought a couple of new uh, vineyards in uh, ones in the upper, really the upper reaches of the. King Valley, close to uh, Lake William Hovel, uh, and what and and there's another vineyard we we managed to, to buy as well, which is in on the Rose River side of the King Valley, uh, and two really unique sites, two very different sites to our current uh, vineyards, and that was important to me to make sure that I was buying. Uh, land that was uniquely different to what I already had, yeah. just to really complement uh, what we're already doing. And the the vineyard up at the upper parts of the uh, of the King Valley is it's quite a cold climate, so really great for Pinot Grigio, great for Prosecco, and and really uh, and sparkling uh, sparkling wines. And what's unique about it, it, it has a very similar climate to sites that are at 800 metres above sea level, which uh, is the Whitlands uh, region of the King Valley. So super, quite cold, so yeah. super premium uh, white varieties uh, is what I'm expecting to uh, to be making from uh, that site. And we've just grafted over Pinot Grigio and Prosecco onto this particular site. So I'm really it's going to be producing its first fruit this year, so I'm really quite excited about um, making my first vintage from from that particular site. Mm. And we, there's another. Sorry, sorry, son. Uh, go, Jill. No, not at all. I was actually just going to um, say, you know, the Pinot Grigio is from King Valley, so, you know, probably some of the very best in Australia, and the you know, King Valley known for Prosecco and Pinot Grigio. Um, and that there's you're doing some pretty exciting stuff with new pink Pinot Grigio. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We're just experimenting uh, with the skin's uh, fermentation. So essentially making the wine uh, as we would, uh, like red wine. Mm -hmm. So keeping the, uh, the juice and the skins together uh, uh, in uh, doing that fermentation process, which, which lasts about seven days on average for, for reds. Uh, so we just adopted the same techniques uh, and... Uh, Whilst making red wine, you also uh, do a technique to uh, pumping over, so keeping the you're pumping the juice from the bottom of the tank over the top to uh, keep the skins nice and and wet to extract uh, flavour and, and colour. Uh, we adopted the same uh, principles, and uh, and then after fermentation, we uh, transferred the wine to to barrels, uh, and that's really just this really beautiful pink blush. Mm. Uh, lovely texture, a lot more texture and flavour uh, in this particular wine with the skin's contact than than, than the other sort of well, the, the other versions of uh, Pinot Grigio where it's not on skin. So it's um you you'd have to work pretty hard to get the colour, given that there's there's only a blush on the, on the actual grape, isn't it? It's not like it's you know like a red wine has you know 
beautiful red grape um, skins. Yeah, so it's just a blush. You know, the co- the, the colours of the skins are quite pink. Uh, really quite a beautiful colour, really. Mm. Um, so it's not highly coloured, but it's, yeah. It's, uh, and then, it's then just we'll an exciting... Yeah, it's extra. When would we see that? Uh, I'm bottling that in January, just before harvest, so uh, and it'll be available probably a month later, I'd say. Oh, good. Uh, so March, April, around that, uh, that time, we'll aim for the release. Um, well, that sounds good. Go, Jill. Um, so obviously, you know, the Italian varietals do so, so well, and you're obviously Italian um, family. Uh what what are some more like some I guess some uh, newer more exciting um, Italian varietals that you're planning to plant in the near future? Well, what what we did a couple of years ago is um, look, I was experimenting with a variety called Caroldigo, which uh, our uh, it, it comes from the northern parts of, of Italy, and it's essentially where our uh, grandparents came from. Uh, in that northern parts, and that was their traditional variety of Tyrolegum. It's a really highly coloured, beautiful purple, uh, uh, and has heaps of heaps of great flavour. Uh, and we sort of just uh, we started to make uh, well, I experimented with 200 vines uh, of that, and 200 vines of Nero Diavola, and multiple Chano. I was I was uh, mucking around with, and just to get an understanding of how they might suit the region. And, uh, and just get a better understanding of their growing and uh, and uh, and just and experiment with different winemaking techniques to uh, to find out what the best way is to, is to make it. We actually they're all such amazing. To, sorry. And and we ended up deciding on uh, producing more Tyrolligo um, as a preservative free style because it's so right. highly coloured. Yeah, and it's got a really lovely tannin structure. Thought that variety would be the best one to to start um, as a preservative-free uh, style. Mm. Is that the so? Sure. Is that how they'd make it over where your family's from? Uh, not traditionally. They would just make it as a standard red wine with, with really beautiful texture, and they would be adding sulphur uh, to that style. Can you give us some of the characteristics of that varietal? Because that's you know a lot of people would never have heard of that. Yeah, look, it's really quite juicy. It's quite fleshy. It has a really lovely soft tannin structure. It's really quite Moorish. It's got mm. really lovely sort of uh, violets. So it's got some nice perfumes, uh, plums, yep. and spices, and cloves. So it's really quite a lovely, approachable drinking style. And, that sounds uh, gorgeous. It sounds clothes. amazing. With what sort of food would you be like? What's you know what sort of what sort of pasta or what sort of perfect food? Mm. I think lovely sort of fresh pasta, a tomato-based pasta uh, with uh, you know maybe a little bit of smoky smoky speck, something like that. Mm-hmm. So quite juicy with a little bit of salt, and I think that uh, would be be quite good. Well, lucky Yum. your mum makes pasta at your joint. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly am um, really lucky that mum's uh, an amazing uh, cook, chef. Yeah. Uh, so. And does she still do the classes? 
Still doing a cooking classes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, look, the pasta class is the, the is the most popular, and you just get this amazing hands-on experience. And mm. what I think is important when you're making pasta is to understand the texture and how it actually feels. So when you're making it away from the cooking class, you have a better chance at being able to repeat Replicating your, it, yeah. uh, your efforts. Yeah. Um, so maybe we will in future see the Terrell to go at the um, at the past the classes as the yep. pairing. I reckon. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, I remember we I had um, we had Katrina on the uh, one on the cooking show that I work on, and um, she she made gnocchi, um, and so she had the paddle and she was teaching the host how to make it, and. Um, but she did say that one of the key ingredients is actually the potatoes that are grown on the property in the King Valley. So that's difficult yeah, to replicate. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I can imagine, given your Prosecco is such a famously drunk Prosecco, and especially just in Australia, um, and given it's just been, you know, Christmas and we've got New Year's now, so much, so many celebrations in such a short amount of time, have you guys just been smashed with uh, people wanting your Prosecco? Oh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really great, actually. Yeah, and, and mm. people are really enjoying it. Nice, soft, approachable. It's uh, really lovely and easy to drink, especially in this uh, beautiful uh, summer weather. Mm. It's easy to find too, which is great, Joel. Um, yep. And so you have the Il Sofio, um, which is the kind of a slight level up from the from the normal one with the crown seal. Um, yep. They're both beautiful wines. Yeah, so with the Il Sofio, which, which translates to the bubble and the breath, and, and where that name has derived from is in the King Valley, we have this amazing uh, breeze, cool breeze that... Uh, comes into the area around 8.30, 9 o'clock, and it just cools everything down, basically drops the temperature by about 5 or 10 degrees on, on some occasions. And why that's important is that it cools the area down and it slows down the vines. Uh, uh, the, and it helps to for the flavour development to occur. So it slows sugar ripening down and helps the flavour development. Uh, so then they, so sugars and flavours can ripen and mature simultaneously together. Mm. And that's where we get optimal flavour. So having mm. beautiful warm days and cold nights is really important for, for flavour development uh, and, and to produce high quality uh, uh, wine. Mm. <clears throat> So Lamb Brusco is making a bit of a comeback. Um, we actually had uh, uh, we had a bit of a, a – Richo and I had, oh, what was it, a few weeks ago, a bit of an Italian specialist, and um, we had a big chat about Lamb Brusco. Is that something that you guys are, are also dabbling in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have got – we've just released our second version, and uh, I'm, I love it. I love Lambrusco, yeah. and uh, yeah. we're aiming for quite a dry style, or as dry as we can uh, get it, so it's still quite drinkable. Uh, yeah. and just lovely light version of Lambrusco, so not too heavy, 
trying to sort of get it close to Prosecco so it's nice, it's light, it's refreshing and really quite easy to drink. And it just loves salami. So Lambrusco and salami is uh, is the... Is the bomb. Perfect match. <laughs> right. You won't want to share it with anyone. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> There's been a bit of a, a, an odd sort of wrap around Lambrusco, hasn't it? I think a lot of people still believe that it's it's very, very sweet or not as superior a wine, and it's really just not the case. Um, what's, what's your take on it? Look, one of the main uh, – look, uh, when we when I first came up with the concept saying we're going to be making Lambrusco – there was a lot of, uh, you know, people going, oh, no, don't do, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but what, what I found is that most people actually haven't tasted it. Mm. And they just have a, a lot of prejudice clients, against it. You know, yes, that's exactly right. They've, they've been told, you know, when if you're about sort of 45 and 50, you've been told by the older generation that it's really no good, it's sweet, it's, you know, those sorts of stories were quite strong and I'm like, well, actually, have you, when was the last time you tasted it? I'm like, I haven't really tasted it. So, um, <laughs> but it's also for the new wave of uh, the new generation of, of drinkers who haven't had that experience and I've never tasted it, but they're starting to get into wine. And, uh, so it's your, your 25 year olds. And when I've tasted it with them, they're like, wow, oh, wow, this is, this is awesome. I've been, hearing about this i've been looking for something like this so it's great and really refreshing uh to hear those sort of comments when you when you're out and tasting it with uh, yeah that's great Mm. from an alcohol percentage (laughs) perspective is is it on the is it on the lighter side it's 12 percent yeah okay Mm. So, Mm. so trying to keep the alcohol low it, it's a it's a funny variety because it's quite acidic. So, and if I if it's picked too early, the acid is really really high. Uh, right. So that's the balance and the the tricky part of the the growing and the wine making uh, side of it. So, uh, but we're yeah still experimenting, still working with you know really fine tuning style. Uh, yes. Sounds interesting though. Uh, um, yeah. I can see that it would be um, something that you could very easily kind of convince someone to try it, at least uh, in the cellar door and, um, yeah. and probably take a bottle home when you explain to them how to use it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, look, it, it gets a really positive response when you uh, sort of pour it. Uh, and, you know, and sometimes you don't tell anyone what it is and go, hey, <laughs> try this. This is something new. And uh, so they don't load themselves up with preconceived, uh, you know, thoughts and mm. trying to make it in a style that you can drink it all of the time. It's not just a Christmas wine. It's, 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 a, no. it's, a, it's a wine for all of the time. Well, so it actually would be quite perfect. Um, I'm in Queensland at the moment, and as you would know, like many places in Australia, a bit of a heat wave going on, it would be a very perfect drink for all through the summer. Are you going to be cracking one tonight to celebrate the end of 2023? I'm drinking one right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I well, love that. <laughs> I will be, yes. Definitely be having a Lambrusco tonight. That is awesome. That's perfect. I'm going to have to try and get hold of one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, Joel, is it is it widely out there at bottle shops at the moment, Lambrusco? 
Look, we're slowly getting it out there. Yeah. We're slowly getting it out there. There's a few, I think there's one or two Dan Murphy shops. I'm not sure which ones they are, but yeah. it's starting to, we're starting to get a little bit more reach out in that manner. So is there still some available if we go to the um, to the website? But if you get online, definitely. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah, so we've got to I'll try tell you what, Simon. Time, we? <laughs> if that well, so Simon and I are catching up. Well, next week, in about or in about a week's time. Yeah. And I'm going to go to the Dan Murphy's in Nooseville first, and I'm going to see if they've got a bottle of it. See if because if a Dan's has it, it's going to be there, right? Well, also we've got, so. we've got time to um, so. get we'll order one, and um, I'll uh, I'll bring it up. Good idea. Mm. Um, so yes, well, um, Joel, what's uh, obviously New Year's Eve is is different to Christmas for you guys, but um, still family all around, and or some of them have disappeared. What, what's the what's going to be on tonight? Well, there's, uh, we're a little bit sort of scattered, but most of the family is actually going to be at the Mountain View Hotel, which has oh, yeah. uh, recently won what was it, 3OW's Best Pub of the Year and the uh, AHH National Award for the Best uh, Bistro Pub. So well, that's yeah. where we're going to be spending the night. So really uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. It is a great pub that down in Whitfield there. It's, yeah. Um, we certainly did enjoy it when we did the um, the broadcast from from King Valley. Yes. Mm. Um, mate, say uh, you know Happy New Year to, to Fred and, and Katrina, your, your mum and dad, and um, and uh, Nat and everyone. So we uh, we look forward to chatting with you guys through the 2024, and um, and hopefully coming up and doing another broadcast from there. But, um, Sounds awesome. Yeah. So thank you for the chat this morning too, and um, yeah, I think everyone's going to look at Lambrusco in a so. with different eyes. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. yeah. So well done for that. Um, all right, mate. Well, have a safe night and uh, and enjoy um, with all the uh, the fam. No worries. Thank right. you, and best uh, wishes for the new year to yeah. you guys too. Happy, Happy New, new year. year, Joel. <laughs> enjoy. Happy New Year. Thank, thank you, mate. You.